This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, September the 13th, and just days into the start of the new term, a Year 11 student has been stabbed outside a school in Chatham. It happened near Victory Academy in Magpie Hall Road, and Ish joins me now. Ish, what more do we know? Well, police have told us they were called at about 20 past three yesterday afternoon after a teenage boy was stabbed twice in the leg. It happened outside shops not far from the school building. And what do we know about the condition of the student? He was taken to Medway Maritime Hospital but has since been allowed home. Police have also revealed they arrested two teenage boys later in the day in connection with the attack. The victim and suspects are believed to be known to each other. The pair have since been released while investigations continue. Any word from the school? Well, Principal Michelle Smith has told parents the school is open as normal today, but pupils should speak to the safeguarding officer if they have any concerns. Also, just to mention that despite the arrest, police do want to hear from anyone with information. They're particularly interested in drivers who may have dashcam footage or nearby residents with CCTV. We put details of the number to contact if you do have any info in the story at Kent Online. Ish, thank you ever so much. Sadly, some more knife crime news in Kent and a man's been treated in hospital following a stabbing near Westwood Cross Shopping Centre in Broadstairs. Police are still looking for the attacker after it happened in Gordon Road 11 days ago. We've got a description of the suspect at Kent Online. Kent Online News. A man's been banned from driving and given a fine after being caught drunk behind the wheel by McDonald's staff in Medway. Workers at the drive-thru on the city estate near Stroud realised Marcus Wilson was over the limit when he put in an order at three in the morning back in August. They called police while preparing his food. The 28-year-old from Gerald Avenue in Chatham won't be able to drive for a year. Elsewhere, a speeding motorist has avoided jail despite being convicted of causing the death of a Gillingham pensioner. Annabelle Moulet had collided with the central reservation barrier on the M2 at Junction 4 when her car was hit by Neville Lifton. The 24-year-old from Abbey Wood's been given a suspended sentence, ordered to do 250 hours of unpaid work and is now subject to a curfew for four months. This is one of our most read stories today and a couple have ended up in a fight for compensation with a gym in Kent after a £30,000 Rolex was stolen from a locker. Thieves took the watch from David Lloyd in Kings Hill while Lee Briggs played tennis. A man acting suspiciously was caught on CCTV but hasn't been identified. In the club's T's and C's, it says they don't accept liability for damage or loss to property on the premises. A nursery near Rochester has been shut by Ofsted while it's investigated for safeguarding concerns. Woods Nursery in Cliffwoods can accommodate 50 children and opened in August last year but has now been suspended. Precise details of the concerns haven't been revealed and we've asked bosses for a comment. Now, the Kent Online podcast has been told there's been a big drop in the number of women seeing a GP if they have concerns about their health. Figures show a 20% decrease in people reporting abnormal gynaecological bleeding since before the pandemic. Well, TV's Dr Hilary Jones, who lives near Sevenoaks, says it's a huge concern. Yeah, medical records show that there's been a 20% drop in the number of uh, women with gyne um, health problems uh, making an appointment with their doctor. 
And that is of concern because many of those women have red flag symptoms, by which we mean that they've got symptoms that could be pointing to something quite serious. Um, so a 20% drop is 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 worrying because the problems are still there uh, in amongst the population. But if they're not coming forward, it means that diagnosis will be delayed. And women are perhaps suffering with inconvenient, embarrassing um, and uh, un uncomfortable symptoms. Um, and and perhaps, you know, their outcomes won't be as good um, as they would have been before the pandemic when more women were coming forward. So we need to encourage those women with symptoms that are abnormal for them to make that GP appointment and not to feel in any way embarrassed or anxious about it. And why might uh, less women be booking appointments with their GPs? Does it ultimately come down to embarrassment? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, because um, in all areas of medicine, people have been um, slower to come forward for those appointments uh, during the pandemic. Um, one reason is because they feel that going to any kind of clinic or hospital could expose them to COVID, which is less of a risk now. Um, another is that some women feel they, they don't want to waste the doctor's time during a pandemic when they know the GPs are already extremely busy. And, and partly because um, they've got other uh, priorities at the moment. So COVID is worrying them. Economic uh, um, uh, issues are worrying them. Uh, there's general anxiety and mental health um, uh, issues amongst the population. So I think there are many reasons. However, um, it's really important that, that any concerns women may have or, or people with um, gynecological organs, for that matter, get those concerns addressed and sorted out for peace of mind. And just on top of that as well, I noticed uh, one in four women say they don't feel listened to in those health appointments. Why do you think that is? And do you think maybe there's some work to be done there? Yeah, I, I think with any um, uh, issue below the waist, whether it's for men or for women, um, I, I think it's always quite difficult to express uh, in even in your own words what might be happening down there. Uh, as, as as people often say. So um, they may feel that they don't tell the whole story or, or perhaps the doctor's not listening to the whole story. It, perhaps the, um, the patient hasn't fully explained at the time of the appointment because of embarrassment, the full story of their symptoms of when they started, how severe they are, why they're worried. It may be time issues are pressing. It may be because uh, when the appointment was booked, it wasn't booked with the right doctor, uh, uh, perhaps not a female doctor or perhaps not a specialist. And I think it's important for women to realise that even if a, if they wanted to see a female GP and one isn't available, it's more important to see a male GP um, having been reassured that everything is professional and highly, um, uh, uh, you know, under their control, perhaps with a chaperone if they want one, um, it's better to do that than to delay your appointment and have your symptoms ignored for longer. More than 22,000 women are diagnosed with one of the five gynaecological cancers in the UK each year, including ovarian and cervical cancer. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. 
More people have now crossed the English Channel to Kent this year in small boats than during the whole of 2021. A further 601 asylum seekers made the dangerous journey in 19 vessels yesterday. It takes a total to 28,561. There's been a rise in the number of people out of work in Kent. 37,470 were claiming unemployment benefits in August, an increase of 275 on the month before. Meanwhile, the Bank of England's concerned about increasing inactivity in the labour market as that could help fuel inflation pressures due to a lack of candidates to fill jobs. At Kent Online today, you can see a picture of seven Labrador puppies that have been rescued after being dumped by the side of the A249. The Fox Reds were underweight and suffering from mange. It's thought they're about 10 to 12 weeks old and hadn't been microchipped. Swale Council wants to hear from anyone who knows who dumped them. They've described their treatment as cruelty and outright neglect. Also on the website today, you can see an image of a man police want to speak to about a burglary in Whitstable. Bank cards and cash were stolen from the staff area of a commercial premises in the High Street. The cards were later used to make fraudulent transactions. Nearly 20 jobs are going when a nursery in Thanet closes for good at the end of the month. Charity-run Minster Day Nursery has been caring for and supporting children for 30 years. Parents say they're gutted and have described the staff as amazing. Now, an abandoned former prison in Dover could be turned into a hotel and leisure centre. The Citadel at the Western Heights was originally built as a fortress, but then used to house inmates and most recently became an immigration detention centre. Now, it's hoped the complex of 54 buildings over 33 acres can be converted to welcome tourists and also accommodate small businesses. David DeMinn's company owns the site and he's been giving our reporter Sam Lennon an exclusive tour. This building behind you, would you like to tell us about it? Its history, when it was built, what it was for? So this building behind me is one of the prison blocks that we have on site and there are actually three exact replicas that we have on site. There are about 53 buildings here and the, I think at capacity it could hold about uh, 850 prisoners oh. and there are uh, currently bars on the windows and they were accommodation blocks across the site. So here we are at the officer's mess. Uh, tell us about uh, this building, the history of it and what you hope to do with it. So this building was built in 1861. It was actually built to be one of the last points of defence. So if the revetment got stormed, uh, you'll see these actually gunning chambers, firing points to come into some of the tunnels that came at the front. Mm. Um, it's an incredibly impressive building with the walls are actually about a metre and a half thick. And uh, it was actually built to be bomb-proof, so they had earth at the top, so it can support quite a lot of weight. Mm. Um, the idea is to potentially turn this into a hotel. It's, uh, it's one of a kind, and uh, we're looking to try and uh, open it up and create something unique out of it. And mm. uh, I mm. think it's quite an interesting use of it to try and allow other people to enjoy it as well. Tell me about the building behind you. So this actually was uh, one of the water towers and there used to be a big tank on the top. And uh, they actually built, because this was a Napoleonic fortress, they needed their own water supply. So they actually dug down and at the time it was one of the deepest wells in the UK. It drops about 450 foot. And I think we get, there's about a 40,000 litre of water a day sort of capacity. And one of, the things that, one of the things we'd love to do is trying to utilise that water to have our own water supply. And as part of our own sustainable ecosystem that we'd like to have here, we'd like to use our own water, indoor vertical grow farms to kind of create that holistic sort of environment, almost a circular economy. If you'd like to tell us about this main building, I gather it's a prison building. Tell me a little about the, its history and so on. So the building behind me, it's, uh, it's called Rye House. It's actually one of 15 in the UK, and uh, all 14 others are currently being used by the prison service. 
and it's one of the more stereotypical type of prison buildings. We have the big atrium in the middle, and uh, I think that used to house about a hundred prisoners in that one. Mm, mm. Right. And then the other two buildings, the smaller prison buildings on either side, a hundred for that building. How many for the building on our left, for example? I think that one would be about 80, but sometimes they would double up. So um, they'd be having more bunk beds in some of them. So you can actually see where before the uh, we bought it from uh, Ministry of Justice, you can actually see all the holes in the ground where they had bunk beds. Basically fixed to the floor. It's thought the development could cost up to £100 million. You can see pictures and video of the site at Kent Online. Kent Online reports. People living on a street in Ashford fear badly parked cars are putting lives at risk. Several vehicles have been left precariously on the side of Faversham Road in the Kennington part of town, leaving no room for pedestrians to get past. Some have been seen blocking the pavement completely, forcing people to walk onto the road. You can see pictures by heading to the Ashford page of the website. A food and drink festival that was due to take place in Medway this weekend has been postponed following the death of the Queen. It's because it was going to be held in Rochester Castle Gardens, but that's now being used for people to lay flowers. Organisers say a new date will be confirmed in due course. Roadworks to remove a roundabout in Ashford have been extended and will now last until Christmas. They've been causing delays on the A2070 Badmonster Rifle Road since May and were originally due to end in October. Bosses have now confirmed the work to replace the current system with traffic lights will continue until December. Southern Water say new pipelines carrying supplies to the Isle of Sheppey will be installed in the next two months after a major outage earlier this summer. In July, you may well remember, thousands of people were left without water for days when a pipeline was damaged. It's hoped upgrades will take place by early November. The Kent Online podcast has been told people living near Ebbsfleet United are generally in favour of plans for a new ground. Bosses at the club want to secure its long-term future with an 8,000-seater stadium. The idea is that it would be able to host things like concerts and shows as well. The club's also looking at the idea of a new shopping and leisure destination known as Northfleet Harbourside. Well, Damien Irvine is the chief exec and has been speaking to our reporter, Sean Delaney. The consultation period has been very front-ended and designed to get a lot of feedback up front before we lodge the application and it's been very successful. Had a number of people engaged both here in person and also on online webinars and through our email portal on the website. It's been very, very positive, it has to be said. Um, uh, the constituents, the locals around are very savvy. They know what they want and asking questions, what they want to see, concerns around previous developments, how they want to get them solved. So it's been very workable uh, and, and very positive, in fact, about you know the type of things that they want included and they want to make sure that when we do deliver the development that it is all that we say it's going to be and it has um, substance behind uh, the numbers and the things that we're putting forward up front. And uh, what kind of things came up that perhaps, you know, challenges or things you need to take on board? Obviously, this process allows you to iron out some of the creases, see what they are and how you're going to approach those things. What common themes sort of came up? A lot of common themes that are part and parcel of development generally, not specific to this site. Things like traffic management, um, resources and supply and services within the area, uh, medical, schooling and that type of thing. Um, Not looking to overpopulate or if if, um, new population comes in, how they're served. So we've been able to explain to them how that's looked after. Um, A lot of things like um, uh, you know the jobs that we're going to be providing, where they come from, what sort of jobs they are, will they be for locals, um, and all of those things. A lot of them are 
uh, within the rules. So a part of the planning process is we have to do um, a lot of modelling on that, but it's a great opportunity in the consultation to demonstrate to people that the work is actually strong behind the, 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 the um, proposal that we're making. And applications due in at the end of the month. Kent Online reports. More bee-friendly bus shelters are going to be installed across Kent. Existing structures on routes served by Fast Track will be replaced with ones with living roofs, which attract insects. Last year, Fast Track also received £9.5 million to convert its fleet from diesel to electric. A bid to launch a state-of-the-art gym in Broadstairs has been given the green light. Thanet District Council has approved the plans to transform the pound stretcher at Westwood Retail Park into a pure gym. It's expected to open early next year and employ up to 16 members of staff. The upcoming blockbuster Empire of Light, which was filmed on the Kent coast, has already been picking up top awards. You'll probably remember Margate being transformed, including Dreamland being turned into a retro cinema for three months earlier this year, where the man behind it, Sam Mendes, has been given the Ebert Director Award at the Toronto International Film Festival. The movie's going to be out in January. The Great British Bake Off returns to our screens for a new series later. Kent's got a pretty strong history with the show. You might remember Gravesend's Laura Adlington reached the final a couple of years ago. Chetna Macken from Broadstairs made the semi-finals back in 2014. We can see which of the amateur bakers impresses in the famous tent from eight tonight. And finally, an update on a story we had in the podcast last week, actually. A sad one about a cat that had been left abandoned in a Gillingham house after its owner was evicted. Well, we've now been told the pet has been rescued from the property in School Avenue and renamed to honour the late Queen. Charity Animals Lost and Found in Kent are now taking care of the cat who's been renamed Lilibet. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham are back in action tonight after their game was postponed at the weekend. The match at Crawley Town was called off as a mark of respect following the death of the Queen. Neil Harris's side are away at Grimsby this evening in desperate need of a win. They've only managed one from seven games so far. Kickoffs at 7.45 and we'll have details of the result in bulletins on our sister radio station KMFM from 6 tomorrow morning. Plus we'll have reaction in tomorrow's podcast. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Rajikanu will find out her second round opponent at the Slovenia Open today after winning her first match since an unsuccessful US Open title defence. The British number one from Bromley has progressed after Diana Yastremska of Ukraine retired with an injury in the second set. The 19-year-old will face either Elizabeth Mandlik from the US or Germany's Anna Lena Friedsam for a place in the quarterfinals. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.